0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, I'm just popping on before this episode starts to give you a little bit of a content warning. This episode features a former rep from Pure Romance which is an MLM that deals with adult products and toys. In this episode, we talk about many topics that are not suitable for younger listeners and could be triggering for some, including sexual situations and trauma. Please listen at your own discretion. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of life after MLM. I'm really excited today. We are talking to, um, we're going to call her Ruth today. We're going to call her Ruth. So I'm going to have Ruth introduce herself, which company she was with, and we're going to start this off. So without further ado, hi, Ruth, how are you? Hey, um, I'm doing, I'm
1: a little nervous. This is the first time that I've ever spoken about this publicly even after I left, I never, even on Facebook or anything like that, I never discussed um, my grievances, nothing. I just kind of went quiet. So when I initially saw you, I was like, Oh girl crush. <laughs> I have been watching you for a while. So this is kind of Thank surreal. You.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, this is yeah. awesome. I love connecting with like fans and, and people that are in these cults and <laughs> sharing our collective horrors. If, if, if you, if you will. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it needs to be said though. Um, so initially I started off with, uh, slumber parties in 2013 I wasn't even like 22 yet. I don't think. Um, and then I, uh, we we got bought out by Pure Romance in 2014. So I was only with Slumber Parties for like a year, and then from then on. Um, but technically, I've only been in like one MLM industry. I being in there for so long. I I think it was to 2013. To 2019. So like almost seven years.
0: And what was that merger like, like going from one MLM and having this new MLM come in and sort of change everything up? What was that like?
1: It was weird because, uh, it was like team red versus team pink, you know, it was so stupid, but the people were really angry because the whole time in summer in summer parties, we were trained to hate pure romance. And that pure romance is like such a crap company and all this other stuff, which in reality, summer parties was so bad, really bad. Um, So- Like, hey, kettle, meat pot. (laughs) Yeah, it was very awkward. You know, that first meeting, like where everybody was like with each other, it was just like, this is weird, this is awkward. Oh, we weren't really like warned or anything like that. It was just like one morning we woke up to an email that says, congratulations, you're a part of uh, Pure Romance. And that was our, yeah, that was
0: how we found out. Like even like the higher ups didn't even know. And you're saying that like for the first year that you're in this other company, you're trained that the competition is just total shit. And this is the worst thing possible and don't even, they're the worst. And then you wake up to an email that's like, Hey, we've joined our our enemies and now we're one big happy family.
1: Yeah. And then everybody was just like convinced that it was such a great thing because the CEO, uh, which, uh, it's uh, Chris Ciccinelli. Um, he was like, well, you could have just not, we could have just not bought you guys out and you would have just not had, you know, an MLM to go to. So
0: You should be really thankful for me, the male CEO of this (laughs) sex toy for women's company. That's scammy on like, first of all, like I think it's super gross that a man owns pure romance, which touts itself as like sexual health and education for women. And that a man runs it is kind of gross to me. Well, it's not just a man, it's nepotism.
1: It's uh, Patty Brisbane's son- He is the CEO and Patty Brisbane is, you know, the head honcho. She's president, founder, and then her other sons do other stuff. Her daughter does something else. Like, you know, they're all pretty much at the top. Very
0: uh, (laughs) LuLaRoe-like. I was about to say, I was like, wow, nepotism. Here it is. We saw that all the time in LuLaRoe. It was like, hey, we need a new PR person. Which one of our cousins needs a job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know how deep that goes with pure romance, but it definitely is, um, is present on some levels,
0: especially at the CEO level. Wow. Okay. So now you're pure romance hun and you're like, okay, now I'm doing this. So, so how, what, what, what was that like? Like, how did that all go? And you said you're, you, you told me you were with them for six years. So you were with Pure Romance for five of those. So, yeah. So, So, I mean, technically,
1: technically altogether, like active wise, I was, it was seven years. Um, but wow. Okay. Yeah. I was really like, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was all in. Um, but even though I was all in, um, I still was aware of things and some things just didn't sit right. Um, and I know we'll get into that, you know, for sure today. Um, but I was, I was very committed, very committed because I, when I first joined slumber parties, uh, it was just like any other girl who goes to these parties. Um, I went to this sex toy party. I had never, ever even been into like a sex toy shop or anything like that. And then, you know, going into this party, I still hadn't bought any of the products, nothing like that. Um, and the, the chick played this game of just like, uh, ask me anything about my job, or blah, blah, blah. So um, that's kind of how I grew a little bit curious about what this industry is. I had never even heard of direct sales before then. So I went kind of like zero to 100 you know i feel like some people have exposure to mlms or they understand like oh mary kay is an you know a direct sales kind of you know they have those kind of small ideas of what it is not really but an idea
0: like anytime i talk about mlm people are like like mary kay and avon well <laughs> oh, <yes>. yeah
1: <laughs> i heard that on a daily all the time they're like oh it's like a kinky mary kay i'm like well yeah i guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my I almost spent my drink on the computer.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're probably gonna do that again later.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I like, uh, beware. Don't drink a drink while you're listening to this episode, you guys. <laughs> Put the drinks down. Yeah.
1: So um uh what was I gonna say? Um yeah, so anyways, I just in that consultation, because like you know, you go to the party they show you all the vibrators and stuff. And I was seriously like, mind blown. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? This is so cool. You know, and just products that if I would have gone to a sex toy shop, I would have seen that a lot of them are sold at a sex toy shop too, but, um, it blew my mind. So I, just bought like the biggest kit I could cuz I had just gotten my taxes. I was so broke. I shouldn't have done that. But it was just around tax season which is you know, a really like
0: predatory recruitment
1: season. <laughs> yeah, it is a hotbed uh ready for for mating, if you know what I'm saying, for for sponsoring. So, uh I signed up and from then on I was just really like super committed just the perfect kind of, um, new recruit, you know, those girls that you're just like, I want you to do this. And they're like, okay, I got it. You know, I was one of those. And my sponsor loved me. She loved me for that first year, but we lived in a small town. So it, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like other people may experience this, but that's when I started to grow a lot within the company. Um, it, it was just drama from then on. And the relationship between me and my sponsor was really hard, a lot of conflict, Um, very passive aggressive. She told me, she said, yeah, having a, a great people on your team is, is all fine and dandy until they start nipping at your heels. And she literally said that to me. So I feel like she saw me as a competition and then we really started to fight for customers in that town. And it didn't subside until I moved away. And I moved um, to another part of the country and I restarted my business there and I did well. And then I moved again to another part of the country and uh, i that's where I'm, I'm still at. And I carried my business there too. I did well. Um, I think if I would have just, just stayed put, I would have grown more with the company, but I think with constantly moving, it made it a little bit difficult because it's pretty much like starting from zero. You have to find a whole new set of clientele. Um, you have to really network. You have to be aware of how to network and how to, you know, um, market yourself. And if you don't know how to do those things then it makes it very difficult, or if you don't have the
0: time to do those things, Absolutely. I was so thankful for my social media experience and just, um, being so personable because if I wasn't as bubbly and open and chatty, I don't think I would have had nearly the success in my MLM that I did. And, you know, I hear that from a lot of people that I talk to that were successful and near the top. They're like, I was already doing this in my every single daily life. So like, it was very easy to integrate it in.
1: Yeah. For the, I would say, um, for the girls who are not like, I'm, I had friends, but I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, I don't know what is, there's something uh, that ticks in my brain <laughs> that just makes me a very, um, I don't know how to describe it like a little bit more. I wouldn't say more grit, but, um, I deviate from the, um, norm when it comes to, when you commit to something, you know, like I have a perfect GPA, you know, I am not, I know that that's not the norm for every single person.
0: A little more type A. Yeah,
1: Yeah. too much. (laughs) Yeah, so I definitely, um, if I commit to something, I'm gonna go really, really hard. I'll burn myself out, you know, but that's just my nature. Normal people. don't do that though. Normal people are like, listen, I have a life. I, th- I they have common sense uh, at some point. And they're like, I'm not going to commit to something that's going to suck all my time away. And they quit because they're smart. You know, uh,
0: a lot of people not like you and I understand that no is a complete sentence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those people also have these things called boundaries. <laughs> that yes. Some people like you and I don't have just I've learned intrinsically.
1: You know, I'm learning. I'm learning now. It is a, it's something that I'm learning. i I feel like now that I've been out of the MLM world for, um, two, it's been like, a, like a year or two, almost two years now. I feel more like myself. Like I've barely been discovering myself all over again, but, um, I definitely struggled with that, with those boundaries. Yeah. Isn't that
0: interesting? Like getting out of these high conflict cults uh, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm me again. Mm -hmm. Who was I for those X amount of years?
1: It's honestly, it's embarrassing. Like when I see my posts on Facebook, I'm like, I, I seriously check Facebook every day, not because of Facebook, but because of the memories. So I can delete messages that were so thirsty like that was n- not me. I would have never posted
0: that in a million years. Never. Yeah. It's 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 eye opening and it's super cringy. And I've started taking those old posts as they pop up, the really cringy ones, the really good ones, and being like, yes. I'm gonna use this as education. Everybody <laughs> needs to know because they know what I am now. I'm like, you need to see what I was then. Here I am with a giant lollipop. What the fuck am I wearing? Like <laughs> like what? So, yes. I'm right there with you on this. No, it, you know thing. what the worst the worst
1: ones that I used to post was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that I get to take my kid to McDonald's on a Tuesday because of my job." It's so awesome. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, nobody, <laughs> I mean, I feel like those posts used to work a little bit back in the day, like 2014, you know, when they were a little bit newer, but nowadays looking back on that, I'm like, that's so fake. That's really just kind of, um, like using my kid, you know, exploiting things in my life. A lot of the times, uh, I wouldn't make so much money, but my husband made the money and I would just pretend like that was my business, wow. you know, I just, yeah, that's I want people not unheard of. That. Yeah. Like the, what you see on social media is not true at all, especially when it comes to MLMs. Yeah. I
0: mean, you see, you see these top earners and they're talking about the trips and the vacations and the car bonuses and this and that, and this purse and these shoes and this and this, and they oftentimes have the most debt.
1: Because Mm -hmm. they're living
0: off of credit cards to maintain this fake lifestyle in order to convince you it's real. So you join their team. Exactly. And it's like an an internal Ponzi scheme. Like, okay, I'm going to spend like a grand on my credit card. It's going to get a couple of people to join. And then I'm going to get that bonus check. And it's going to pay that grand. I just spent (laughs) robbing (laughs) Peter to pay Paul. It's like this internal Ponzi that you're running on yourself.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. All of that. I just, I, I really wanted to come on to your podcast because I think that when people think of pure romance, they don't, they're like, oh, well, pure romance is exempt from all that other stuff. And it's not, it's just as bad. It's just as bad as all the other ones, the same exact, you know, tactics are used in pure romance. And um, one of the biggest lies that pure romance tells its um, recruits is that, oh, don't worry, these products will will sell themselves. And I really just, I think my message that I really want to make evident today is that pure romance capitalizes on the lack of sexual education in this country. They know that people lack sex ed in this country and they push
0: it really hard. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast about some of the things I see and I'm like, do you genuinely believe that to be true? Mm-hmm. When, Where did you get your education from in terms of like sexual health? Like that's not true and that's not right. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the really cringiest things. Like I would get invited to these pure romance parties all the time. And I was like, I'm like pretty private in that aspect of my life. Uh, and I don't necessarily want to be like, passing around a dildo in someone's living room. Like I just, that's (laughs) so not anything I ever, ever, ever want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was just like, "Ah, I'm good. I don't want to come to these. Um, (laughs) did you experience people feeling awkward at the
1: parties that you threw like that? All the time. Absolutely. The thing is that you have to be good at, um, at knowing how to communicate this information. This is really Uh, very difficult topics to talk about for some people, for many multiple reasons, Um, the values that they were raised with, um, or maybe trauma that they experienced in their life. It's not for us to judge why they don't want to come to that party, you know? Um, But that's the other part about pure romance that doesn't really get addressed, is that no one is trained in pure romance on how to handle the consultation rooms or how to um, make somebody feel comfortable, you know, if the main, uh, it's just, it, it would be like if you were to hire somebody to um, work at a, I don't know, anything like social work, like you wanna make sure that that person is qualified, they understand how to address, you know, really hard personal topics, but that's not the case with, you know, pure romance because their main thing is sponsoring. You know, they want to, they don't care if, if you are the most socially awkward person, you know, if you have the money to buy a kit, you're qualified, you know, you can do it. And the, like, we would ask these questions during like trainings, we'd be like, well, what if like, you're not good at selling or what if you're not good at talking about this stuff? And they would have trainings about like objections, like objection trainings, like this is how, but then they would be like, how dare you question what a person is capable of or not
0: capable of? Oh my God, we used to get that in LuLaRoe. It was like, don't ever assume that someone can't afford it. Don't ever assume that somebody doesn't need it. And I'm just like, what?
1: Yeah. They're like, their wallet is not your wallet. Wow. Yeah. They would say that all the time, especially with this stuff, because a vibrator in pure romance is not cheap. You know, the average is going to cost you about $200. What I would average. And I will say this, um, just to speak like, honestly about this, like I would have customers that would drop 700 to $1,000 on an order, I would average my average parties were about a thousand a show. However, there's a lot of other expenses with that. Okay. So let's not act like I was making all that money. Get back to the, to the, like making somebody feel comfortable at a party. Um, you have to be able to do that. And if you're not able to do that, and if you yourself are not able to talk about sex comfortably, which a lot of women are not. And that's what that's another objective uh, objection uh, answer that we would get. They would be like, I think this is even in their training. I are I, on their website or something like that for, um, for like signing up. Like what if I'm, I don't want to sell vibrators and pure romance says, well, the good thing is that we don't only have vibrators. We have a lot of bath and body and bath and body makes up blah, 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 percent of our sales. So if you just want to sell that, you can do that. But the truth of the matter is that that's not what people are coming to these parties for so inevitably you will be selling vibrators, whether you have signed up and said, I don't want to sell vibrators. You're going to
0: sell the vibrators. Okay. Right. And then even you talking about people that are inexperienced or, or don't have the knowledge, uh, I'm assuming because it is unfortunately a common occurrence, uh, dealing with people that have, uh, trauma because of assaults or things in their past that had happened. So There's people that are completely not trained at all to be dealing with victims of sexual Mm -hmm. trauma who are like, just by this, it's totally fine. And like, that's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I I don't even know what to say
1: about that. So one of the things that we would hear in trainings um, would be like, I often ask this, you know, just from different leaders, different board members, like, what do you do? Because uh, I had a really hard time with just dismissing people. If they were telling me about, you know, really personal things in their life, I wanted to hear them. I wanted to listen to them. You know, to me, that was important. Um, And it's kind of like an honor for somebody to even want to share that stuff with you. But Uh, I would often ask like, well, what do you do in these situations? Because people are leaving, you know, the, the shopping is taking too long and they're leaving and they would, their answer all the time was like, well, I'm not Oprah. So, uh, if they want to schedule a time with me later, they can schedule it with me later. But I think what they meant to say was I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to be having these conversations But nobody in pure romance wants to admit that they're not qualified. No one, not even the higher ups. I was just listening to uh, one of the women on Facebook who is a higher up uh, talk about sex ed stuff. So wrong still. And she's been in the company for over 10 years. People in the company who have been in the company for so long are really uneducated themselves, you know? Because the education basically has to come from outside of pure romance. If you want to get any sex ed. Yeah, I was just
0: going to ask, do you guys have any like sex therapists or sex experts, like on any of your advisory boards or anything like that? I don't know about, um, like, like
1: on deck kind of, uh, that would be actually really cool. <laughs> like if, if there was somebody who was like, uh, always providing sex ed advice and stuff like that the only times that I have ever seen an actual sex ed professional, um, would be at national trainings. Like, uh, the, peer romance has two national trainings. They have world conference, which is more of like the award ceremony of numbers and of sponsoring and sales, the recruitment awards. <laughs> yes. And it's a whole thing, you know, just, I mean, I'm sure LuLaRoe, it's the same thing. Like they had Pitbull and Nelly and, you know, just different kind of like concerts and stuff.
0: Yeah. We had Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, people like that.
1: Yeah. Y'all, y'all balled out for sure with the, <laughs> with the entertainment. Um, but, uh, the national training is the part where they do more of the training stuff and that's in Cincinnati. Um, peer romances, uh, right out of Ohio. So it's like in their hometown. Um, and I remember it never failed as people that I would be, you know, like, Hey, what classes are you taking and blah, blah, blah. And I would be super excited for the sex ed classes because they would have real professionals coming to, to teach. And they would be like, you know, I know I should go to those classes, but I just really need to work on my sponsoring. So I'm going to go to the sponsoring class instead. Wow. Because the classes are not mandatory. There's no education that's mandatory to take in pure romance because technically you're considered like your own, you know, you're a contractor. So they can't force you to go, but I'm like, how in the F is this your golden goose, you know, sex ed. And then none of your consultants or very few amount of your consultants are actually taking these sex ed courses with like really good doctors that come in that I'm like, this is an amazing opportunity for you guys. Why aren't you doing this? It would blow my mind every time. And it never failed.
0: It never failed. Yeah. It's because it's about recruiting and not actually educating yourself or educating anybody else. It's just Mm a giant recruitment cult.
1: Yeah. And you know what else is like super crappy is pure romance teamed up with Indiana university, which is, um, where the Kinsey Institute is at the Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey is like the forefather of sex research. Really awesome. They offered a course through them, which was $300 and I took it. It was awesome, but it wasn't through. It was like, it was Indiana university, their thing, great resources, great course but they never advertised it. I just found it out of like a accident on the website, like on our back office. Nobody really ever talks about it. And then I had a girlfriend who was still in pure, she was still active with pure romance. She wasn't, you know, but she was like, hey, um, did you, you know?" cause I told her about that course. I was like, this is a really good course, you know? Cause she was really into the sexual health stuff too. And then she emailed corporate because you couldn't just like sign up for it. Like you have to email corporate for permission to take the the class and corporate said that they did away with the course. So like they're only one thing that actually educated people, they did away with it.
0: Uh, I mean, I I feel like that just proves that it's a scam Mm -hmm. because it's not actually about sexual health, which is what they say. There's no education. You had to like dig and find and like go out on your own, find the Indiana University class. That was just like for pure romance consultants, but not publicized or anything. Mm -mm. That's so odd. Yeah. And after taking the
1: course, I think I kind of get it because um, there's a lot of stuff in the course that it uh, doesn't really fit the narrative of pure romance you know they talk about oh. the fact that pheromones are not really scientifically proven to enhance your sex romance or anything like that which is totally contradictory to what
0: they are trying to portray to to their customers so the truth of the course that they sort of kind of offer but don't actually tell anybody about basically debunks everything that they say is true and tell their consultants to say yeah. Most things, wow. a lot of things. So maybe yeah, I don't most, know, not be, all, but most.
1: Yeah. You know what? They basically are just a sex toy company, but they don't want to say that they're just a sex toy company because then people won't sign up to be consultants.
0: Well, yeah, there's no empowerment in that. There's Mm-mm. no opportunity. There's no sisterhood in that. Oh, don't even give me a start on the sisterhood.
1: There is no, there is no sisterhood. I don't care. It's all competition. Who you are. It is absolutely 100% about who has the bigger dick in that company. Meaning cutthroat dildo sales. Yeah. Who has the biggest team who has bigger sales. And that was one thing that really pushed me to go and get my degree was that, um, so at these national conventions, you know, you have like these little, um, I don't know, little packs that they give you that has like your name on it and like what your rank is. I remember one year, I think like the the highest that I ever rose in the company was like an advanced director, which is like, I mean, all these companies have like their own little names and and crap for that. Um, which is like halfway up the tier of,
0: you know, rising. So you were in the middle of the pyramid. Your email to me said, uh, you know, story from a mid-level consultant. And I was like, yes, because we don't talk about a lot of the mid-levels uh, because most of them, I think, stay in because they're doing just enough that it, that it works for them, Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in that, in that little vantage point that you have yes. in that like five to seven percent, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was too. You're, you're high up enough to kind of see everything, but not really high up enough to like have any control of anything. hmm yeah. No, and
1: then you don't get really um, any kind of recognition for what you do because you should be working harder. And why should we reward mediocrity? That's what I've heard.
0: write. five like to seven have- percent in a scam is not mediocrity, <laughs> <I'm
1: sorry. laughs> especially for seven years, you know, or
0: six years. That's wow. I felt like I was very always keeping in you in your place, literally mm-hmm. using that like cult mind control to be like, you're pretty special, but like not special enough. So keep at it, hon. Yeah. You mentioned that you went to school. So Mm -hmm. at what point in your pure romance journey, did you decide to go back to school? Was this after you had left or was this in the middle of it?
1: Yeah. So everything started to go downhill, like right at 2016, that's when my sponsor and I really just, no more enough is enough. I told her to like kindly go F herself, you know, in an email. I was just like, don't contact me. Don't, you know, I, I really would prefer her not to contact my team, but whatever. Um, I said, just let me do my thing. And I really just did pure romance by myself. As soon as somebody sees your rank in the company, you have no value to them. So I would go to these conventions. And they would see that I had just fallen to like senior consultant because so, so and so, and so, and so, and so, and so, 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 so fell off my team. And I wasn't able to recruit in time to like have a, my, to hold my rank, you know, and then they put you in all these shit classes because, oh, well, you're a senior consultant now. So you need to go in
0: these classes. You're you don't rank for these ones anymore. So if you don't qualify in pure romance, they knock you down to the rank that you do qualify for. Absolutely. Wow. In LuLaRoe, if you didn't qualify, you still kept like the highest rank you ever hit. You just didn't get the bonus on that rank. You only got the bonus on whatever rank you qualified at, but you were still a trainer or a mentor or whatever. You never went down. Wow. Absolutely not. I wonder how many other MLMs make you go down a rank and like display it. And then they're like, Oh, we know that you weren't this rank before, but you are this time. So back to the beginner classes for you that is yeah. so toxic and weird. Yeah. It, it makes you feel like a failure all over again. Totally. And that's another like mind game to keep you. It's like a narcissistic abusive relationship where it's like yeah. and that those, those uh compliment sandwiches where it's like, you look really good. You should probably lose weight, but I like your hair. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> what did you just say to me? <laughs> it's okay. Cause I gave you two compliments in between my, my uh, negative comment. You're like, Yeah. That same, like beat you up to build you up kind of bullshit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it, I don't feel like it's working out because I mean, it's so unmotivating when you've been with a company for so long and then people are like, Oh, well you're just a senior consultant. And um, they kind of discredit you as like a, a human being, you know, they're like, well, you don't have a, a big enough team and you don't do enough sales. So you're kind of shit inside the company. I remember I'm often, many times, just the demeanor of people when they would hear, they'd be like, how long were you in the company? And I'm like, oh, um, well, five or six years or whatever. I've been in the company since 2013. Oh, that's so cool. What's your rank? They always ask these two, three questions. How long have you been in? who's your sponsor, what team are you under, and what's your rank? And that really is just like, gosh, like, am the, is that all I am in this company? I would really, absolutely, yes. I would start, I was such a bitch towards the end. I was like, it doesn't matter. I would tell people it doesn't matter. And they would be like, um, okay, I'm not talking to her anymore. <laughs> I really just severed, I did, I wasn't, I just didn't care at the end, you know? But I would that's tell people it doesn't so matter who my sponsor weird. is because me and her didn't talk at all, but she still collected a check on me every single month on my team,
0: you know, which sucked. That's just that's so weird to just be like, this is your place. Mm-hmm. What rank are you? Well, how long have you been with the company? Oh, like where do I need to rank you in in terms of importance of all the people that I've met today? Oh, yeah. okay, well, you're not that important. Never mind. Like yeah. Wow. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow-knit high-rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Zhaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy. And it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but there's still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts? Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes, and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls.
1: Yeah. Oh. And- as soon as I would tell them that, like, it was like, Oh, well, I don't want to f with you anymore. So I'm just not going to talk to you. Like, it was very hard to make friends in that company that were at all people that I also wanted that I felt maybe I could relate to this person because, you know, they've been in for X amount of times and, or they have a certain amount of people on their team or whatever, you know, and nobody really wanted to be friends with me.
0: This is a level of culty bullshit that I have not seen in any other MLM to this point with my interviews. Yet, <laughs> I'm not saying it's not going to happen in the future, but this is like the first instance of like that classist bullshit, like classist within the MLM.
1: It definitely, wow. is. absolutely. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and it makes you feel like a loser, you know, and you're like, "Gosh, what's wrong with me?" And then you really start questioning yourself and you feel really bad about yourself. You're like, well, nobody really wants to be my friend. And then when I would ask for help, um, because I didn't have a sponsor that I spoke to. So I remember I would like email, uh, other sponsors in the area that had like teams and they would be like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I'll help you. But, um, I need to, I I'm going to give my team, the slots that I have available and then whatever else is left over, if any, then you can take one of those spots and then, you know, but that never happened. So
0: I just never really got help. That's like, I'm not going to make any money off of you. So like, if I have extra time, I might be able to maybe kind of hopefully help you, but you're going to need to get in this really long line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I feel like that was with everything else, though. Like if you weren't in the in club, then you're just not going to get the same attention as these other people were. So it just it really was on rank. The sister the sisterhood is only true if you're in the board of directors. And even amongst those ladies, they're always, you know, talking shit about each other and hating on each other. So what sisterhood is there? If that's the reason why you know, you join these companies is to make friends, you know, you don't have to pay to make friends. You shouldn't do that. And I should say this. Okay. This is some tea. So. (laughs) Oh, Ruth, we love tea here. (laughs) I, okay. So I understand like with LuLaRoe, you guys had to buy a lot of stock to, you know, because you guys got different stuff all the time with pure romance. It's like, you only need as much as you are doing in sales because, and I'm air quoting that, um, you only need as much as you're supposedly doing in sales because um, it, the the products are kind of predictable, you know, like, you know what you're selling. Um, so this person, I remember she had contacted me because she needed help organizing her her house. She had a lot of, she's like, I have a lot of inventory. And I was like, okay. And so I went over and I've never seen anything like this in my life or in all of the time that I was with pure romance, but there was literally like from floor to ceiling product of everything you can imagine, like of every single toy, three or four of each toy. Um, I mean, just bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles and of all these different stuff of lubes and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, like lingerie. I mean, like whatever, if you wanted something, this lady had it. But I asked her, I was like, how, what, what happened here? Like, how did this happen? You know? And she was like, well, you know, I just I had to stay active. And so I just kept buying stuff and and I've oh just been doing it for God. so long, but I haven't been able to book any parties. And so I would say that there was probably like a hundred thousand
0: dollars worth of product in her house in one room. Like at least. Oh Jesus Christ. Like, wow. Um, related kind of, but not my brother-in-law a few years ago was like really into buying like, um, like storage units that nobody paid for and like auctions and stuff. And he bought a storage unit that was like filled with sex toys and lingerie and all these products. (laughs) I don't think it was pure romance, but it was something. And he listens to this podcast so he'll probably be like hey you were talking about me um but I don't know how long it took him to get rid of it he's like I did make a profit off of it but I was just like wow
1: yeah he had a garage
0: full of it too and he just bought someone else's like lot oh my god so yeah I I wouldn't
1: doubt if it was pure romance honestly um So, yeah. So this lady was like buying all this stuff just to stay in the company because she really wanted friends and she didn't want to go inactive and
0: these friendships are conditional. So absolutely, 100% conditional. And you find that out when you leave Mm -hmm. or have any sort of tiff, like you're telling me your upline, didn't even talk to you while you were in, because there was a tiff about competition and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's these friendships are 100% conditional. Yeah. 100%. And the condition is you make me money or fuck you. I'm done with you. Yeah. The end. Absolutely.
1: And I it, the sad thing is that chick had to like throw so much stuff away cuz they're uh they only have a shelf life of like a year. So she just like had to throw all this like consumable products away because they're, you know, it's lube and I told her I was like it's unethical to sell that. Please don't sell that to anyone. And that's the other, like, that's a whole nother rabbit hole of getting into the the products and um, how the efficacy of, of their products and, and all of that, you know, seeing how some of a lot of their products, you know, you can find them in sex to- uh, sex toy stores and stuff like that, you
0: know? And, and were they like touting these products as like super innovative and oh my God, it's the newest, most bestest thing ever. And you're like, that's a rabbit and it's been in stores for like 10 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, you can find them at Spencer's like, (laughs) um, so I think what. Pure Romance does is they buy their products through Cal Exotics, California Exotics, which is a manufacturer here. I don't know if they're like in the United States but basically it's the same toys um, that you could find at any sex toy shop. The only thing that's significantly like different for Pure Romance is they have their own packaging on them. So a toy that you could get at the sex toy shop, it's just gonna be a different color and it's not gonna have the Pure Romance logo on it. Um, but it'll, it'll look, the, the only difference is like pure romance has like a very pretty box. And that is something that their marketing team has down. Like the packaging is what sells in pure romance. You know, it's kind of like Sephora, like people buy really fancy mascara at Sephora. Why? Because the packaging is so cute. You know, they know exactly what they're doing. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, that's something I talked about. Cause I've, I've talked to a couple of different Synergents people and I'm like, why is your packaging so horribly bad from like 1984? And they're like, we have <laughs> no idea why I'm like, that was so like the packaging sometimes for me in MLM is so bad, but that's interesting that you say that pure R- romance really puts like some R and D behind the packaging to make it look as pretty as possible. And it's basically just private label toys with a pure romance name slapped on it and like a 400% markup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, and, um, I mean, okay. So like the average consultant in pure romance, when you start off, uh, starts at 30%. Um, this was like two years ago. So I don't know what their compensation Is That commission or a discount discount. Yeah. So you get a discount,
0: which I guess would count for as commission of so so, you buy it at 30% off and then you sell it at whole like that the, the full price and you keep that remaining 30% markup. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You start at 30%. Um, you rank, you get up to 50%. So I
0: And how do you rank? Do you have to have people underneath you to absolutely. rank? Yeah, you only rank if you sponsor. So there's no way to rank without sponsoring, but it's not about recruiting. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: cannot, you cannot uh, promote in the company if you do not sponsor. So
0: you will never make more than 30% commission, which is not great. You guys, uh, unless you bring people in, which they say is not a requirement to make money. (laughs) no.
1: If you like, so I think the, the first tier is like three people. That's when you start making a 45%.
0: But I don't know if that's
1: changed. Honestly, I don't know if that's changed now. The, when I was in, they had a really awesome part of the compensation plan that I loved. And it was just a bonus on your sales. For me, I like that because I, I was not a sponsor. I hated sponsoring. I hated it. And uh, I love the fact that we got a bonus, but they only kept it for a year and they, they did away
0: with it. So it probably they did away made- with the sales bonus, but mm-hmm. not the recruiting bonus. No. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So So you obviously had people underneath you because you said you're in the top five to 7%. So how many people like at the peak did you have on your team underneath you and all the teams underneath you?
1: Um, I think at my peak, I had like 25 to 30, I think. Okay. That was like the most. And that was like all together, like
0: all of us, 20, 30. I mean, that's a decent sized team. Yeah. Do you remember like how many levels down it went? I think it was maybe
1: only three.
0: Yeah. I don't think I ever hit like more than four or five levels deep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I, I don't
1: know like how the structure was, but I'm for us, it's just, um, no, no, I think it's the same. Yeah. It's just, it was just like three levels deep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but it was never, it was always short lived, you know, because people dropped off like flies. Yeah. There's absolutely getting- no retention in MLM whatsoever. At no. all. Which answers the question of why pure romance has such shitty sexual health. How can you educate uh, a 90% turnover rate? There's no way. And you want to know who told me there is a 90% turnover rate in, um, in pure romance.
0: Chris Chicnelli. The CEO told you that there's a 90% turnover. And was he proud of that number? He so Chris is he's his own,
1: um, he is the fuel behind the hustle mentality in pure romance. He really is. And so he's like when, I remember the first meeting we had with him and he was like, all right, ladies, we're going to cut the shit. We're not going to do this pink team, red team thing anymore. We're all one team, blah, blah, blah. And he just really is like, I'm going to be real about, you know, I'm going to talk real to you guys, you know, cause I'm, I'm a cool CEO. <laughs> um, so he would, he would be, he would tell us, I remember this was at one training, uh, for, cause I was asked to be a part of the future leaders, um, program that they had for leadership. Um, people what is, were, what is that? It was, I don't think that they're doing it anymore, but it was a program that trained leaders to be bigger leaders that were leaders that were like almost there, but like not quite there. So I don't know. Anyways. But
0: again, it's not about recruiting
1: at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. No, it's definitely not a pyramid scheme. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he, I remember at one of the, the trainings that we had, um, he said, make this your motivation. He says there's a 90% turnover rate in, in any MLM. And especially in this one, he's like the 90% of the people that are in this room right now will not be here next year, blah, 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 or next, whatever, And he's like, so what side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the 10% that makes it because you work your ass off? Are you going to be the 90%? And then the other thing he's like, your team is here voluntarily. You are not their employer. You're not paying them. So you need to make sure that you do whatever it takes to keep them in, make them stay. Coldy. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what? so he was he used that as his fuel like he was honest about the fact that 90% go that's a horrible
0: statistic for retention uh and <laughs> I love that he turned it around as a positive like 10% of you are badasses and the other 90% of you are losers so what are you bitch a badass or a loser and everyone's <laughs> like I'm a badass <laughs> I think Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so he, uh, the other thing that he would say, like, as far as our sales go, which is kind of true, he would say for the moment you book that party to the moment that you do the show, you host as coach, you do the actual show, you do everything, uh, until the moment that they get into the shopping room, you have worked for free. You have worked entirely for free. So it's entirely on you
0: to make sure that you get those sales. I, I mean, I love how he takes these negative statistics and turns them around into positives. That's yeah, but it's freaking wow. true. Let me tell you something.
1: It, it doesn't matter what percent of the company that you're in, because you are working for free all the time until that person actually shops through you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It, it and sucks. I mean I did the math and m- most MLM's pay about prison wage like like prison labor wage. So mm-hmm. not only are you quote unquote working for free like when you do make money you're making like 50 cents an hour.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is like um with these parties I mean people are done with going to parties like they're just done they're tired of it you know.
0: I mean you hear the word party and everyone's like, Nyeh. I don't want to yeah. cringe. I twitch. Oh,
1: no. No, I, thank got, you. I mean, you, when you're in the industry long enough, you learn to not call them parties. So one of my hostess coaching tactics would be so that the party actually stayed. Um, I would just make them themed. So like taco night, Tuesday or kinky hump day, Wednesday, margarita, um, girls hangout day or something, anything like don't call it a party, you know?
0: So they were parties under the guise of just let's hang out in my group. And if you buy something, you buy something. And if you don't, that's cool too. We're talking about pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I hated that aspect of it though. Like I would tell girls, I'm like, don't tell them to come over if they don't have money. Like I, I really turned into a savage, you know, kind of bitch about um, sales. Cause I was tired of going to homes and because they told their girlfriends, just come over because the reality is that they do want to hang out with their girlfriends, but I'm not there to hang out with their girlfriends. I'm there to sell stuff. They, I would spend so much time at their house answering so many questions and then going home with no money because they didn't buy that day. And so when I said I had an average of thousand dollars a show, some of them were $2,000. Some of them were freaking a hundred dollars you know, and I would party anywhere from, uh, one to like five times a month. That was about it. That would actually stick around. And if your party's canceled, it's entirely your fault. That's what the company tells you. That's what, um, the other consultants tell you that it's your fault that they canceled, you know, everything Mm -hmm. in your, in your, whatever happens in your business is 100% your responsibility
0: unless it's good. And then it's because of the business. Yeah. 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 That's definitely in the bite model. I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen (laughs) Hassan's bite model, but that's in there. Is it a big one? Uh (laughs) But all the praise goes to the company and all of the fault lands on you. Yeah. Or the cult or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the, the minimalist of things, you know, Oh my gosh, I can go to Starbucks today. Thanks to my company. You know, yeah, like
0: you're saying about McDonald's or Starbucks, it's like, oh my god, you guys! (laughs) I'm so thankful for this company that paid thirteen dollars so I can get a couple cheeseburgers. Yes, it's not like what my job allows me to also go to McDonald's on a Wednesday, and it's not anything that's secretive or anything. Like,
1: yeah, and that's like another thing that I really like now going to school, I'm continuing my education. Um, I am just like, I, you, you don't see this because you're so like tunnel vision and you're so in, into it that it's all subliminal at some point. Chris Ciccinelli always said this. He said, um, I was, I ranked number 500 out of 503 students and I only got a college or a high school education and look at me now, you know, and it's like, I don't know how but many, Ignore us,
0: all the privilege I have that got me here.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know how many of us have moms that started a multimillion dollar company, you know, and also, um, a lot of the higher ups would say this, they would say, um, I have a master's degree that I don't even use, and I'm still working to pay off my student loan debts. So education in this company is really frowned upon, and they don't I don't think that they even I don't think that it even registers to them because they're so into their, you know, MLM. But what this tells consultants is that your education isn't important. And also, you have a master's degree, lady you have an exit plan. You know, if you wanted to leave pure romance, you could, because you have education and you, education in this country is actually out of a, another 90% statistic, 90% of people beat poverty because they have education in this country. So don't tell me that education is not important. And I learned that the hard way because even After I left Pure Romance, I tried, I applied at grocery stores to bag groceries and I wasn't even qualified. I had no job experience because out in the real world, when you put on your resume, and I don't think that this is particularly true for everybody because I do have other friends that were able to find jobs. um, But for me, my personal, what I experienced was I wasn't hireable. Because employers don't look at me like I actually have experience in work. They don't look at MLMs like it's an actual job. So for the last seven
0: years, I haven't been employed in their eyes. Right. Like you're like, I have seven years of sales experience. And they're like, "Mm, that's a cult though. So no, you don't. Yeah, And then like the only jobs that I would get offered would
1: be like sales commission jobs at like an internet company and stuff, which is not anything that I I don't want to go back into that, you know? So even if you try to escape that life, that's all that's going to come to you. If, if you don't really go out and acquire more skills. Yeah. Which is one of the main, um, my main motivations to go back to school and, and get a degree was knowing that no matter what happens in my life, no one can take this away from me. Like every time that I ranked in pure romance, it was such a, like, a, oh, thank God, you know, I finally made this for one month until my team. Right, dropped. Until me. the first, mm-hmm. when you're back down to zero. again. Everything is an etch-a-sketch and nothing mattered what you did the month
0: before. What a great analogy that I've never even thought of, but it's totally an etch-a-sketch. You eat it, everything erase, erases on, on, on day one again. And yeah. all that work you put in to hit that rank three days ago means nothing today. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated that. You hit yeah. that rank and you're like, oh, thank God. I'm going to get that bonus check. And then two days later, you're like, oh, great. It's the first time to jump <laughs> back in the rat race. Like yeah. <laughs> horrible. Good. So yeah. did you decide to go back to school while you were still in pure oh, romance? God, yeah, you, you did ask me that. Sorry. <laughs> it's All right. We're going to just, we'll just start talking about this now because you just talked about it. So you're in pure romance, you're enjoying, you know, you, you said you're enjoying this, the sexual health and the education, and you're taking these extra classes. So is that what made you say, wait a second? Like, I think I want to learn more and go deeper into this sex therapy. Yes, absolutely. And
1: it was that coupled with the consultations that I would have with my customers many times often almost every single show that I did I had somebody who came in to tell me about how they were raped or how they were sexually assaulted or how they are having a really hard time having sex with their husband because um he doesn't want to use lube but she really needs lube because he wants to have anal sex with her and he refuses to use lube and I say are you telling him no And he, she says, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's sexual assault. And that is rape. Like if you're telling him no, and he's doing that still without lubrication. Oh, many times. I mean, I'm telling you, there was so many terrible stories. I was not qualified to handle those stories. And And if you're getting them,
0: everyone else is getting them too.
1: Yes, absolutely. But in their eyes. I'm here for sales, not to help you with your sex ed stuff. And you start noticing that you like the helping more than the selling. I absolutely loved it. I didn't care if my shopping room times, you know, what's funny is, um, I started to structure my shows around less demo and more consultation so I would tell them, okay. Cause they would always ask like, how long is the show going to be? And I'm like, okay, well, listen, I'm going to get there. Everybody's going to arrive late. Cause they always do. And so that's such a waste of time too. Cause you're just waiting. Cause people are just like, I don't even want to come to this thing anyways, you know, <laughs> and he has food and wine and that's why I'm coming. Um, and so I would I actually got kind of creative with stuff like that. I would start demoing stuff like while people were coming in, just like, oh, can I put lotion on your hand? And I used to call it hand, hand jobs. And I used to, I'm like, hey, can I give you a hand job? And they're like, what? <laughs> and so I just like grabbed their hand and I'd start machel- massaging their hand. And that really like broke the ice. Like they really loved that.
0: Like I what just- kind of party is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm like, you know exactly what you're coming to. Um, so that, and so I started to do that basically to break the ice with them so that they felt more comfortable talking to me. And then, um, I would make the demo like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, you guys don't want to sit here all night. I, I don't want to sit here all night either. The consultation in my shows became so long though. It was about an hour, almost two hours sometimes just for consultations, because I genuinely loved talking to these customers. I loved hearing their stories. I cried with them. And there's a lot of things that I, that it would be so easy for pure romance to do, uh, give your consultants assignments and tell them oh, this week, you're are to find five, uh, non-for-profits, um, uh, domestic violence, uh, you know, uh, places that women can go to in your city.
0: They could do that just so that they have that information to give their customers when they say these triggering things and you go, you know what? I have someone that you can reach out to for that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or anywhere that where they can go
1: and get, um uh, condoms for free if they can't, you know, afford them, or maybe you should carry condoms on you for free. Condoms in pure romance were they actually did sell condoms with pure romance and they were pricey. So it's just um it, anything to capitalize on the needs the and it's not just like like really good contraceptive health is imperative not only to, to people in this country, but I mean, on every socioeconomic level, I mean, the people who have the highest birth rates are those of low socioeconomic status. If you're in those areas and why not offer, uh, you know, really good, comprehensive sex education, if you're about that.
0: Right. So you doing these consultations, you getting to know people on a very deep and personal level and me being a ha- hairstylist, it's the same. You get to know people on a completely different level. They trust you. They tell you things you're like, oh, okay. Um, and so you're, you're talking to these people and you're realizing this right here is what I'm meant to do. Not the dildo yeah. part, not the, <laughs> not the jokes and the silliness or whatever, but this talking to victims Mm-hmm. this is what I meant to do. So yeah. you enroll in school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'll be graduating and transferring, um, this summer, uh, or this semester, <clears throat> but I really was like, dang, like, Oh, I'm so old to go back to school. I haven't been in so long. I was really scared, you know, cause I felt like I, I felt like such a failure. I felt so stupid. I felt like I wasted so many years. I'm like, gosh, like that's all of my twenties that I could have used to grow and to go to school and to do X, Y, and Z. And I didn't do any of that. So it's really hard seeing people my age, like buying their first home and, you know, being able to like take their families out on vacations and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm barely, I'm where you were at five years ago because I had a, a really bad head start. Yeah,
0: you're like I trusted the wrong people. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I mean I'm I'm behind too and it's okay. There's this this arbitrary timeline of of like society tells us what age we need to be when these happen, these things happen or it's bullshit too. So, yeah. you know, am I behind on the average of people my age? Maybe, but yeah. I'm happier than people my, like the average of people my age, so I think that says a little something too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It it totally does. And I mean, you you really aren't too old to go to school. And I learned that like once I enrolled in school and realized like, oh, my fears are stupid. But um so yeah, I had to start basically back at zero and start college fresh, you know, like a freshman and in college. And it's been awesome. And I have learned so much more about sexual health in college than I ever did from pure romance ever did. So you're going to school for what? Tell everybody. So I'm going to school for social work to actually help people, but my goals are to work at a clinical level so that I can be a sex therapist. So it's the,
0: incredible. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I love hearing these things. Like when I saw that in your email, I was all damn <laughs> because you know, us as women, We join these companies because we think that it's going to better our lives. It's going to better our future. It's going to better our children, our, our, our families, whatever. And it doesn't, you know, 99.7% of us lose 99.7% of us are on this podcast talking to me. Uh, and (laughs) you know, you took this horrible experience. You found the silver lining in it and you did something about it. Yeah. So you're in school, you're still doing it on the side. What was the final straw that made you go? Yeah. Pure romance. I'm done. We're done. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's funny. Um, I had this, this clipboard. I'm very, very organized type of person. So I had this clipboard and I had just a bunch of stuff on it, like all categorized and stuff. And I remember I was just sitting there like so stressed out, just so like, oh my God, like, I'm just, why can't I ever get ahead? Like, I I feel like I, I can never get through this list of like to do stuff. And I just got like a, an idea. I was like, what if I just erase everything on this list that pertains to pure romance? And I just did it. I just started like, oh, wow crossing everything off that was on the list that was to pure romance. And there was only like three things on the list afterwards. And it was that oh my moment gosh.
0: where kind of like. I okay. Sat. So this is homework for anybody listening right now. That's in an MLM. I want you to do exactly what Ruth did. I want you to write down all the things that you have to do in a typical day. And then I want you to cross off everything that pertains to your multi-level marketing company. That's what I want you to do. And I want you to go, oh, wow. And just, just see, just see what your day would be like if you weren't in this cult anymore. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's probably one of the coolest ways that somebody figured out that MLM was not their bag anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just kind of sat there and it was like, it just clicked.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.